Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex, two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't even have a goal. He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. Can't stop the smile today, bud. You pulled into work as I was in the parking lot, and you just saw me grinning and waving my arms around like a lunatic. Said nothing's going to break me today. Those are two things that you don't hear often. First, Alex pulling into the parking lot at work and <laughs> Jay grinning from cheek to cheek. Yeah, usually <laughs> usually the uh, the opposite. But hey, man, oh, we do love doing these episodes after a win. And we got a hell of a win. Probably the greatest win in team history, I will say, as far as experience at the stadium. Uh, Jay, I, I, I question you right now to rival that match. I guess you can say last year's season finale, but this one? way superior dude it felt yeah just uh i don't know if we've ever scored a goal that late into a game and that was just that was insane the whole stadium lost their mind but welcome everyone to the inner miami podcast i'm jay kington alongside as always alex papa george before we roll through this episode just want to say from the bottom of my heart and a lot of people's hearts down here in the state of florida r.i.p bobby bowden absolute legend in college football uh, impacted so many people, not just the players, but all the staff, the community. This man was one of the best, and he will be remembered as that. Broke my heart as a Florida State Seminole. Now a lot of people were sad, and uh, just wanted to to say that. And Alex is even being a gentleman and refraining from any Miami lingo right now. So thank you for that. No Miami lingo. Bobby Bowden put the rivalry of Miami and FSU on the map mm -hmm. with Howard Schnellenberger. So shout out to both of them. You know, without a doubt, influenced a bunch of young minds and developed a ton of great players and good people. So with that, let's uh, let's get into the show a bit. Yeah. So right off the rip, man. Um, wow. I don't even know where to start. It's just so much fun. I know I'm looking at it in this amazing research you've done. This is classic Alex research. It's hot AF. <laughs> yes, it was quite hot at the game. Not as hot as Mexico, so I was happy with it, but I was glistening a little bit, but we'll take that all day. 100 degrees on the heat index. You know what? That wasn't the only thing that was hot. The boys were on fire last night, too, but we did hang out with the Siege and Nacion Rosa Negra, uh, which we frequent very, very often on game day. Uh, you could see the, the, the fans on the East stands. I uh, mean, man, dude, this this environment was just rowdy from from start to finish. La Familia does not let up. But I'll tell you what, when they're in good spirits on a three-game unbeaten streak, going against a team that's only lost one time, they're bringing the noise, they're bringing the passion. It was a spectacular environment. It was an intense game on the field and in the stands, I got to say. It was brutally hot. Those This was one of those South Florida days that you just write about. And you could you could actually see the fans in the stands on the east side, like Jay was saying, kind of like huddled up <laughs> underneath the you know terrace or the over climbings of the actual stadium, trying to catch a little bit of shade. <laughs> there was about I think it was like what like it four rows. Like, it, was it was just like, like receding up, yeah. and people were just like bunched in trying to trying to be in the shade. They and, they looked like they were just melting. And you could see it in the second half because everybody then came down to their regular yeah. seats yeah. too. So you saw the whole flood come a little bit more down to the field, but. Awesome game. Awesome game all the way around. Fun uh, little bit of an experience that Jay and I had. You know, we were sitting in our regular seats. You know, come check us out. We're in uh, section 103, row 22, I think it is. But that kind of varies. We Technically, we weren't in our seats. We, yeah, we, like, we'd moved up a little bit. But, you know, I don't think anyone in the organization is listening. But who knows? It, it varies from game to game. Which we were in our actual on. seats. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually were talking. And mid-game, I turn around and... Who do we see? But I'm Ambika sitting right behind us. So 
talked to the dude for a while. He's in really good spirits. He's pretty pumped up about what the team's got going on. And he's excited to see the pitch potentially end of this year, but definitely next year. It sounds like that the team does have a pretty good training process and plan put in front of him because I know Jay Jay was fangirling a little bit, figuring out that he's from Kentucky and you know, this is a Kentucky Wildcat, so I know he's a, I know he's not a Louisville Cardinal. Gang, but, gang. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you can appreciate a good Kentucky guy. We can't, I honestly, like, I I learned something, because we, we all know he went to the University of Kentucky, but I didn't know he was actually from Lexington, like, born and raised, so that was pretty cool. I mean, he's every bit as big as you, you think he is. I mean, yeah. he is an absolute statue uh, of a man, and I was like, hey, dude, like, we're ready. Like the fans are ready. We get a lot of questions about you. And when, when your moment comes, like we're all here for it. Yeah. What, what caught my eye, dude, I, I dropped my phone right to the left of me. And when I went down to reach down and pick it up, I kind of saw like a big knee. Right. I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, damn, I was like, who's this behind? I was like, Oh shit. That's, that's Jaime right there. But, uh, but yeah, big shout out to him. We're going to have him on the podcast. He's six, the, six, bro. He's, oh, I know. He's, he's a huge. unit. Yeah. I can't massive. wait to have him like just head balls for corners. Like no one's going to be able to jump up that high. Yeah. It's going to be a nice little addition to the club, but it was an amazing game. We're no longer in last place. We're no longer in last place. We're no longer the worst team in the league. The We're, boy. And we still got two games in hand. Like low key. We could be right outside the playoffs. Now, if we had those two games played, which are still being weighted. Yeah, no guarantee. Hopefully. Hopeful, Hopefully. a lot of hopeful wishing going on here, guys. Let's reschedule these games. I'm sure they'll do that. Listen, if it was, pro it, listen, we have a higher chance of say like them throwing more games on the calendar. It was like Nashville, right? Like yeah. we, we have the bright lights. They're gonna throw those games back on the calendar. We have a higher chance of those games getting played than we do of season ticket holder boxes being sent to all the season ticket holders. <laughs> Jab, 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 jab on that, sir. But, uh, but yes. So with, <laughs> we're tied for second last now. Yes, we are, <laughs> sir. We are, we're not in last place. We are second to last baby steps, baby steps. That's how we get there. But we are making those baby steps and making those improvements. It's a beautiful thing to see Papa John's all around again. Chloe doesn't want any more Papa John's. I woke her up this morning. She's like, no, there's still Papa John's in the fridge from Thursday. I'm like, I don't care. I'm getting six boxes of cheesy bread. It's not about, are you hungry? It's a, it's the point. Did we put in that order yet? No. You, you hear how I say we? Might, might you want to do it? I'll, dude, I'll throw some down right well, now. Maybe after the podcast. I'm going to get my podcast. money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, this uh, this win here brought our season record to four, four and eight with 16 points, eight points out of the final playoff seed currently sitting in the 12th slot. So not the 14th, but the 12th. We creeped up a couple slots, which makes everybody oh so happy. And some of the best news about this is we're kind of wrapping up our brutal gauntlet of a hell of a midseason schedule. We This wraps it up. We had about eight games that were pretty brutal for us, but the silver lining is in our last four, we've tied two and we won two. So that's massive for our team as we continue to roll and you know, Jay, I think a, a big question that we got, at least from the fans on all the social platforms, was really kind of talking about the formation change. Formation change moving into a 5-3-2. What did you think about that? I like it. So we've done this uh, when we're <laughs> behind in games, which happens to be quite a bit. Though sometimes Phil will make this change. He said he's very comfortable with 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, and 5-3-2, basically allowing for two wingbacks. Um, and more of an attacking midfield than what you saw last week in the first half against Orlando, where it was more of a 4-3-3 with a holding midfield. Uh, we had Pizarro blaze up there um, and, and a little bit more of, of an attacking mindset for sure. So I, I like it. We got the results. I've been saying that we need uh, two strikers. We need to play with two strikers up top. And this kind of worked. It was a little interesting because they did have Morgan up top with him on the left side and, and you know typically plays on that uh, that right side but you know as far as having like Pizarro and, and Gregory play together I want to see much more of that and then of course you know Blaze had probably his best game in uniform with us so if you're asking me do I like it answer yes all right fair enough I would uh have to say this is something that we should really consider sticking with yeah, I agree. I really do agree. Um, we'll see what happens. It's kind of, I mean, Lewis did fine over there, but I would honestly like to see like a Robbie and, and Gonzalo up top or even like Carranza and Gonzalo. So give a young, fit, fast kid and then, you know, a little bit slower of the, the Pepito. 
Yeah, I mean, Robbie was one of those players. I think it was last episode or the episode before that that we were talking about. Let's see Robbie up in a striker role. Let's yep. put him up top. Let's see what he can do. And like you just mentioned, he got dinged up at the last. What is the last? Like he got well, he's getting dinged up all over the field against Montreal. But he did see the sideline. He wasn't even suited up for this game, so it wasn't even on the substitution. Yeah. No, That's he got banged up like twice late in the uh, the Orlando game, oh, and I was Orlando, like, I was like, yeah. take him off. Like, don't even risk it. <laughs> we want this dude to be able to play. Don't even risk it. But this is a huge game to win. You know, outside of everything, the, how this went down has significant get important wins like this can do wonders for the team's chemistry and confidence pulling these games out is absolutely massive doing it in with 30 seconds to go in stoppage time it was i mean everyone lost their shit i was just grabbing onto you probably squeezing the life out of you with one hand because i got that dad strength now uh but you know it's not that strong <laughs> shut up uh but effort man it's taking a 180 um we've always had the talent complaining has definitely gone down Play hard and good things will happen. Create your own luck. I think Phil's done a great job of instilling these thoughts and principles. I think after uh, that 5-0 beat down by the Revs, he was like, I told everyone to go look in the mirror. Like, what what type of, of, of Inter-Miami player do you want to be? Do you want to do the dirty jobs? Do you want to fight for your brothers? And you're starting to see it. You know, a lot of people are saying, trust the process. And it's not going to change overnight. But I think we're finally starting to see the impact Phil Neville can have on this soccer team. Patience. Patience is a virtue. And trust me, South Floridians are not a big fan of patience. So, you know, glad that we're able to show that to Phil and glad that he's able to turn this thing around because that question still remains. You know, is this the coach of our future? And I'm sure a bunch of us right now are pretty hopeful that that is the case, but we still got a lot to prove. So we were able to pull off that win two to one against Nashville, where we are just forever linked to this team we had we had discussed this again you know on just how this club started the same year that inter miami did and they outperformed outperformed us significantly not just in the regular season last year but they actually eliminated us from the playoffs so this is a team that's been a, a little bit sharper on the edges this last match they were without walker zimmerman which is a big blow he actually posted something on his ig right before the game and people were getting pretty fired up uh, to see him potentially out on the pitch. So that did not happen, and that is a good thing. And actually, Jam, a side note, you know what's the funnest thing to do after a match? You mean the most fun? The most fun thing to do after a match? Yeah, I do. I know exactly where you're going with this. DJ Bullfrog. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note... Explain this, to this them who DJ Bullfrog yeah, is. this isn't even on that case, but DJ Bullfrog is the owner of Miscues who throws... And absolute, resident DJ. And resident <laughs> DJ of Miscues. And he throws absolute bangers. Jay and I have been going to Miscues for, God, probably about five, five, six years or so playing pool. Typical Thursday, Friday afternoon, you know, extended lunch breaks, as some may call it. But uh, to see DJ Bullfrog turn miscues around and make it into the hottest spot in Fort Lauderdale is really, truly something. We uh, we actually, actually after the match, went and uh, got a pitcher, played some couple games, and uh, had a blast. I don't even know where I was going with that. It just kind of took me back to the whole night where we had, like, Vice City. You weren't expecting yeah. it? We were just going in there just to like get a beer and play a little bit of pool. And it turns out there's like 200 supporters in there just going crazy. Listen, shout out to miscues. If you're in the local area and we're coming off a W and you you just can't get enough, zip on down. Zip on down to miscues. And shout out DJ Bullfrog. <laughs> God, I love that air horn. But so taking us back to the match here, uh, don't get it twisted, y'all. Nashville is a is a hell of a good team this is this is a very good team and we've been playing very good teams and this is this team's a little bit different than prior matches where we've taken on the teams of you know or orlando city uh you know philadelphia you know teams like that that are pretty high potent offensive attacks this team's a little bit more different a little bit more of a defensive minded club and they are very good at it. you can tell in the game where they they didn't even have their their front line their attack 
at the mid midway like line. They were already shifted back to about like the back, back third or back even two thirds. So they, they compress really quick. It, it's a super dense area, so there was no real kind of breathing room. Obviously, we're able to find a couple couple little uh, open gaps, but this was the second loss of the season for Nashville SC. So love to see that happen. That was their second loss. Damn, that's mm. that's that's man. the sweetest part of it all. That sounds I think. good, man. You know. I was like, I gotta say that again. But the other crazy part too is Joe Willis has been kicking ass all year. He's the goalkeeper over at Nashville and he leads the league in clean sheets with eight on the season. This was this was probably one of his worst games that he'll see this year. Uh not just what he's played, but will he well what games he will play. And, you know, this ended Nashville's nine-game unbeaten streak, which felt so good to bring home that first win against Nashville in our club's history. We are now one, two, and two in overall record. It's because he has not ran into the brothers Iguain yet, man. Both involved with the goal. Those are the, that's a, the brothers Choripan. Which there's a story about that, too. Gonzalo loves the Choripan. <laughs> well, also, you know, Inter-Miami, if, if you're going to sell Choripan, you know, tell your employees how to say Choripan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So full disclosure, we, we did miss the first goal by CJ Sapong because I have this quest to get hot dogs at every sporting venue for some reason. And this lady was like, no, we don't have hot dogs. I was, we got this. I was like, what's that? She's like, it's a cherry pan. I'm like, what? Okay. Come again. Cherry pan. I'm like, Oh man, I'm not, I'm going to be nice. It's all right. I'm not even, I'm not even like Argentinian or like Latin. Like, but I took offense to that. We're not the only ones butchering these Latin names. So that felt a little good. I think after your time in Mexico recently, it really just hit home. It did. You know what? It did. I bled in Mexico. I'm part Mexican now. <laughs> what did you What did you bleed doing? Uh, <laughs> tried to run across the street and my foot just kicked a curb. <laughs> Stumbled. Caught my hat though. It was It was smooth, but it was. I'm just, no more Mexico stories. Okay. Super, super <laughs> badass. <laughs> blood everywhere uh anyway keep it moving keep it moving we ended nashville's nine game unbeaten streak another lovely thing to do is it because i'm mean or i just truly enjoy this team doing well i think it's a mix of both it's definitely a mix <laughs> of both i can contest that but it felt good to get our first win against nashville uh we've only either lost or or drawn with them in the past so now we're one two and two overall with them hopefully we'll, we'll improve that uh, you know, in the future matches with them. But hey, felt good. And you know what time it is? What time is it, buddy? It's time for Jay's Game Day Stats. Jay's Game Day? Okay. These are my, these are exclusive. These, these, are, are, these are not for anyone. These, this is not available to the general this is not public. public. Okay. This, is, this is no initial offering. This, this is proprietary is... information I'm sharing, okay? The intellectual property. See you with me? Jay Stats. Jay's Game Stats. Possession-wise, I love this one a lot. 59% to 41%. It doesn't get much sweeter than that. Possession is some we are typically on the bad end of, but this uh, was not the case. We really came out strong. Other thing I love to see, shot-wise, 15 shots to Nashville's eight. If we want to win games, we've got to score. Uh, nine of those shots were on target, where only two of Nashville's were on target. Each team had three saves. Possession Kind of continued here. Total passes. Inter Miami 584. Nashville only at 396. Our passing accuracy was 89%. Theirs was 84%. Uh, they only had two corners. We had seven. And as far as yellow cards go, no yellow cards for an Inter Miami team. Absolutely insane. So got a little bit of second level data for everyone right now. Those yellow cards, that's that's been consistently what we've been getting recently, Jay. We are no longer top five. We're no longer top 10 in the league in yellow cards. We have a total of 34 yellow cards on the season, which is 14th in the league. We have turned this whole thing around, which is crazy to me because we were definitely the most spastic, crazy-ass team in the MLS, and we started the season as so, but... Shout out to the back line and doing much, much better. I mean, you know, everybody of the, the casual suspects, the usual suspects have served their times for yellow card allocation. You know, we have Gregory, LGP, I believe Nico. So at least we're past that first, you know, suspended game, right? We should have our boys out there for the, for the foreseeable future. But super cool to see us turn it around. 
Are you done? No, I never. Is, is this is this Alex's game time stats or is this Jay's game time stats? I'm confused here. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to me here, bud? Uh, total attendance, 14,062. Beautiful Floridians were in attendance. And probably like, I don't know, like 25 ugly dudes from Nashville. Because <laughs> why? No, I'm not going to say it. I'm a nice guy. Uh, anyway, rolling outside of that, those are some pretty impressive stats. Really liked it. Liked the, the formation. I, I liked everything about this. I really did. Great, great time. Uh, what was your favorite moment or stat here stat or moment uh big difference i know but uh definitely stat i would say possession wise uh controlling the game i think it was glaring this isn't really a uh you know overwhelming off offensive team that we're playing here but i think over the last few weeks you've really seen the team focus and emphasize ball possession and taking the time when you get in trouble you know bringing it back you know not playing checkers when everybody else is playing chess, right? You know, figuring out that, you know, hey, you know, you don't have to do something crazy. You don't have to do something silly. Turning over the ball, you know, throwing up some godly, you know, lob pass is never going to make it. You know, play it back. Let's keep the ball. Let's see what else is going. I thought we played really poison under control. You mess with the beans, you get the burrito. You know what I'm saying? Am I using that right? You got it, dude. All righty. There we go. Moving on. That was uh, Jay's Game Time Stats. All right. We can't wait till next time. <laughs> Don't try and look those up. You're not going to find them on the internet. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, listen, there's no way to start talking about this game besides just fast-forwarding all the way to the very end and just talking about Indiana Vasilev with his first goal as a Heron coming in the fifth minute of extra time off of the beauty of a pass from Federico Iguain. And yes, that is... Federico Iguain with a dime. It was a beautiful moment for everybody who was at the stadium. That was one for the memory books. I'm sure everybody watching around worldwide was screaming at their TV, jumping up and down, high-fiving whoever they could find. It was that rowdy and wild at the stadium. It was special. It was. The whole stadium erupted. I, I did kind of break my glasses, but whatever. Charge it to the game. Your boy couldn't stay uh, still for that bit. Uh, just wanted to, would this, would this be the appropriate time to, to go ahead and, and run through a little bit of this uh, goal audio we have? I think so. Let's go ahead and run it. I hope this is the right button on the soundboard. started this episode asking was this the most important game in club history but jay i'm going to ask you was this the most important goal in club history um i mean honestly i would have to say the mikey ambrose outside ripper and the in the hurricane just to send us into that first round of the playoffs was probably technically more important but as far as overall experience scoring literally in the last second of a game against a team that is a defensive stronghold that we have never beaten and that it only lost once that season morally i think that that this is the biggest goal as far as the players having that confidence it was magisterial as ray hudson says i mean how, how i mean you just can't paint a better picture especially him coming over you know just had some bad luck over in austin villain signing the loan coming over to inter miami you know etching his name in the stone of score of goal scores which honestly isn't that long this is only our 15th goal of the entire season so there's not many goals that are getting scored out here so indiana 
welcome to South Florida. Welcome to South Florida. But this is just another time to sit back and appreciate that we have Ray Hudson as our color commentator. Like, it's amazing. Like, he even he even said at the end of the game, there's going to be a ton of hoochie-coochie in Fort Lauderdale tonight. And I don't even know if he really knows what that term means, but that's not really something that, that applied in that situation. But I'm happy he said it anyway because it's beautiful coming from a Scotsman. There's no doubt Ray Hudson knows what the hoochie-coochie is. <laughs> He's been in Miami long enough. <laughs> um where are we oh dear uh gonzalo though playing with his heart man really uh i mean for only one goal last year i mean he's got eight this year already he's really stepping into that leadership role well and then federico of course with the assist um as well but gonzalo's goal beautiful pass from matuidi took a one little touch and sent it home it was very very nice phil had some very supportive and positive comments of gonzalo but not only gonzalo also Rodolfo Pizarro also, also Blaze Matuidi and said, you know, if our 3D please play like this, then we're definitely going to challenge the playoffs. And I fully believe that. Also ridiculous stat. Matuidi, man of the match, MLS team of the week. This is the third consecutive week an Inter-Miami player has been on the MLS team of the week. But most impressive, Blaze Matuidi. We've already acknowledged best game in, in a hair and uniform since he's been here. Pass completion percentage of 95.5. That is insanely high. If he can figure out a way to do that game in, game out, there's literally no telling where we could be because you already said it. This is the hardest uh, kind of streak of games in the, the season or the schedule this year, rather. And the fact that we're coming unbeaten through it is very, very impressive. So hats off to, uh, to Gonzalo. Also, hats off to the other DPs. Hats off to the whole damn squad while I'm at it. Yeah, I mean, listen, our last eight matches have been against DC United twice, Orlando City, Montreal, New England Revs, Philadelphia Union, Montreal, Orlando City, and then Nashville. I mean, that is those, every one of those teams is sitting in the playoffs right now in playoff picture. So it was a brutal, brutal run. And we really just kind of caught fire after that ass whooping by the new England revs. You know, the next game we played Philadelphia union and tied them one, one, and then it was on to, to beating Montreal, you know, not letting them beat us three times this year is huge. And, you know, it's, it's starting to come together. We've always kind of talked about this club having the talent around the pitch, but just not being able to put it together. And we're starting to see it. I mean, yeah, it, uh, the, the schedule wasn't necessarily that hard earlier, but we just weren't getting results. But again, you know, going back to it, man, the, the fact that we're playing this well against the, the the tougher part of our schedule just speaks volumes about this team, what they're capable of, and this new mentality they have, which I love seeing it. They're fighters, they're confident, they're playing for each other. Absolutely beautiful. And they're complaining less too, which is nice to see. Let's just let, you know, let's just play the game, right? You know, let's just see what happens. But what did happen was a question that we were even wondering ourselves over in, here in the Inner Miami podcast world. And that was, did we see Pizarro's last game in uniform? The answer was no, we did not. He started for our club in the CAM role for us and honestly was in my opinion, the best game we've probably seen from him this year, you know, th it, which isn't really a high bar, to be honest with you, but <laughs> it, it was impressive to see him out there because our team lacks that CAM to put some type of creativity in the offensive third. And he was playing that pretty well. Obviously, he was subbed out uh, around like the 60th, 65th minute or so for Federico, who assisted on that goal to Indiana. But seeing Pizarro out there was nice. We all got a glimpse of him playing on the Mexican national team in the Gold Cup. And, you know, I'm sure everybody just like myself was thinking, God, like, wish he could play like that for us. Yeah, no, and I think he will. But again, like, he's he's a left fielder. We're trying to make him play a cam. And, hey, we're starting to see the progression. And Phil actually spoke about it. Uh, you know, after the game, outside of praising all the DPs, but his kind of strategy here was bring in Federico, bring in Indiana, and bring in Breck, and kind of overload the field with attackers, which is something we don't see often. A lot of times we're playing more uh, conservative, or we just want to make it out of the half, but really, uh, from the 55th minute, 
on when he started making these subs. He just overloaded attackers, and we just started going at it because that's a tough defense to get through, and you need a lot of a lot of guys who are comfortable taking a shot. Yeah, shout out Phil Neville for big time tactical change. Can tell he's talking to his players. You can tell that he's coaching. He's coaching this team the right way, and you know, would love to see these changes because hey, that's the only way that you're going to get better. And clearly, that's what this team is about right now. And you know, this you know we had talked about it, but you know. Love to see Robbie up in that front attack, you know, striker type of position. I'm super curious to see what happens to him when he comes back of injury. But the other person who was playing up top was Lewis. And Jay, I got to say, man, like echoing your words from last year, he, did, he just needs to have one goal go in, mm -hmm. right? And I just think that that's going to be the spark plug to his entire season. And Lewis is, is an important piece of the puzzle here. You know, don't get it twisted. He's... he. he, he he plays he plays incredibly hard he is always always there every single game and team needs him on the attack not just from what he brings on the outside but you kind of saw it in the second half a little bit where he started to kind of see that the defense was playing him more to understanding what he's going to do which is take it to the outside lob it in the middle or shoot a little worm burner like i know you like to call it you know over to Higuain. but what he did is he started cutting in the middle and we need to see more of that because it put pressure on the on the defense and it was something that i don't think that they were prepared for 100 you got to pop that cherry it's uh it's a thing that happens every season you ask any striker they're going to tell you the, the first goal is the hardest once once that's over with once that wall has been breached they just start start trickling in so the you fortunate can, thing you, for lewis is you he's, can tell too like when, yeah. he, when he misses a shot or when he sees an opening and doesn't get the ball he is visibly upset and he should be yes yes but the 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 thing that lewis has going for him he's basically untouchable no fans ever say anything bad about lewis morgan so you know i'm sure we're being patient it's fine and it'll come it will come and when it does then we've got the rest of the season like that's cool like turn up towards the second half of the season perfectly fine with that it will come it will come he is a, a workhorse absolute stud and he's critical critical for this team but we, you know we're playing resilient i mean last year we'd probably fold after cj sapong's goal i would say a month ago we could probably fold after the first goal is scored you see the 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 shoulders sag you see the head go down all that stuff there was none of this i mean this team i think has recognized that the supporters and the fans deserve a better team than what they were a month two months ago and i think they've really recognized that they've taken ownership of it you know everyone is taking ownership of it and they're really fighting for uh for themselves and in the fans the whole inter miami academy was in attendance last night and phil said yeah we, we invite them to every game because number one, we want them to see the supporters. We want them to see who they're fighting for. And then number two, we want them to see the, the high level football that we're asking from inner Miami players. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful to see. They were having a blast and, um, but hey, a little bit of adversity, it doesn't matter. Gonzalo responded with a, a, a nice, quick, pull the trigger goal, bring us back level. We actually thought we were up at that point because we didn't see the first goal because I was in a, a trolley pond. But uh, yeah, I mean, good, good signs of improvement. And, you know, I'm just overall very, very happy. I'm in a great mood today. Jay's quest for a hot dog just never fails each and every game. But, uh, <laughs> what can I say, man? I feel you, dude. It was uh, it was good, though. I mean, even after the game, you know, it was great to see the, all the players, you know, go over and acknowledge a supporters group group section over on the north side of the arena. You know, I think it was even Than who tweeted something out where it was just like, you know, I've never seen Gonzalo jump that high, you know, and he was about like, you know, four inches off the ground. But, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, hats off to him. But I feel uh, your pain, Gonzalo. I can't jump high either, bro. <laughs> Clearly after your Mexico bleed story, dude. <laughs> well, that was just, I was trying to look both ways so I didn't get hit by traffic. Oh, man. But uh, but another big part of Inter-Miami that has really changed this 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 team outlook, this, this identity of Inter-Miami, that's really what it is, is forming an identity is Gibbs and Leardom. They've both been excellent playing out, out wide. And, you know, with the formation change, they were able to play in advance and play much more forward than what we've been able to see in the past. And, you know, we saw Gibbs put in that game-tying goal against Orlando City and... You know, even this last game with Leardom, you know, he had a missed shot where he kind of semi-slipped around the 22nd minute when he had an opening against uh, their goalie. And then even with Gibbs, similar to the end, end of the game where he almost had a goal too. So, you know, these players like to play up. They uh, are not shy of the spotlight. Well, I like it. That's what five at the back 
in this formation allows you it allows you two wean backs who are you know more aggressive uh back so you know you've got leardom on the right you've got gibbs on the left i i really like this i i think it's a you up your numbers defensively but you've also got some pretty potent guys who aren't afraid to get up and obviously go have a go but more importantly their distribution is beautiful i mean it really is you can see the passing really starting to pick up and marsman is like wow that dude can dime out balls in the air, on the ground, split everybody. Very, very impressive. And then, of course, uh, you know, I just, I, I just love it. I love to see the passing. I love to see the shifting. I love to see. There was earlier, there were moments last year, early in the season, where someone has the ball, and no one's really making plays around them to get open. And now we're seeing that. Now we're seeing a, a much more calm demeanor. Where if we're getting pressed, we're looking just for the easy pass to release that pressure. We're not just turning around and booting the ball as hard as we can up the field, hoping that Lewis can can run to it because that was really the, the tactics they were doing. But there is now a clear emphasis on possession and passing, and it is where we want to see this team. Do you ever think we see Indiana as a center mid? I think we need to to get him in there in some capacity, whether he be the, uh, like a cam or the, the the center midfielder, and then let Pizarro be his true position of on the left and Gregory on the right, because Gregory can basically play anywhere on that midfield and be be lethal. But I think after this point, and I mean Phil also mentioned that in the interview as well, like he's getting very close to being a starter, and I think after this performance, he came in when he put Federico and Indy and Breck in. I mean. It, Indy really upped the energy. He really was the catalyst for change. And even said, he was, in his opinion, he was the best player in the second half. So I would love to see that. Jay and I were playing a little bit of hot potato with our seats, and we ended up shifting our seats from the north to the south side just because we wanted to be closer to Inter-Miami goal. And when we were playing that second half, I remember just tapping on the shoulder. I'm like, dude, like Indiana has, has is like a little roadrunner out there. Like mm -hmm. he has not stopped running sideline to sideline and there was a couple times especially in kind of past the 70th minute where you could see some holes in nashville's defense really in that kind of attacking center mid location and you know i, I can't help but think well you know what if like indiana's energy just came in there and was kind of flushing flushing those down running through scoring lanes and you know might be a little bit of a different offensive threat for the club he's 20 years old He's a young boy. <laughs> this dude's got energy for days. I mean, yeah. We got like Pizarro, who just looks like a, a crazy like golden retriever out there running all over the place. Lewis is an absolute speedster, speedster, and then you got now Indy in there. And I mean, like I really I like I like what I'm seeing here, man. I really do. Question is, will we have them after this season? Because it's just on a, a season loan. I don't know if, if if it's up to Chris Henderson. I think this is key target number one after this loan. Work it out with Austin Villa. It doesn't matter. Work it out. Make it happen. Keep him here. Bring the boy home into the States where he's from. Let's see. I mean, let's see. I mean, what's going to tell it is really consistency, right? You know, can he put it together, string it game to game, and really have these types of performances and not be flashy, right? And if he can do that, you know, Chris has got an interesting decision on his hands. But, hey, that's why in Chris we trust. You know, he's really been... Honestly, I think the best hire that this club and franchise has had since the inception. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no doubt that his footprint was all over the fact of how the Seattle Sounders are are and always have been one of the best franchises and clubs in major league soccer. And we're hoping that he can bring that over here. So, hey, what I say in Chris, we trust. I love it. Let's uh, let's get it minted. Let's uh, let's put it on a on a shirt, on a uh, on a flag and fly an airplane around the stadium with that because I fully believe that as well. What I also believe is like Gregore just shows up and plays. Mm -hmm. Like he's, oh, we are so happy he's our captain. That dude is consistent through and through, seems to always be reliable. So shout out Gregore, Gregory, however you want to say it. Everyone seems to have their own little, little uh, flair on it. But hey, we all love him the same. He's an absolute beast. Yeah, he is. He is a stud, man. The The fact that he's, he's wearing... He just looks swaggy, too. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's wearing the captain's band, it seems like that that is the decision moving forward. I couldn't be any happier. I think that that is, without a doubt, the, the choice that we would all hope. And it was funny. We ran a little bit of an Instagram poll this last week, and we asked, you know, we asked all of you, you know, who is our mid-season MVP? And you know who actually ended up winning that? I think I know the answer. La Familia. 
that was number one. But the actual player who won this was Gregory. And everybody has been super high on Gregory. Runner-up was Gonzalo. That He might have won some uh, some votes there last night, you know, with his performance. But without a doubt, Gregory is fantastic to have on this club. And, you know, we wouldn't be where we were, where we are without him. And, you know, someone else that has really kind of popped his head into the starting lineup and isn't really giving it up is Christian Macoon. Jay, is Macoon our solidified starter? I think in a 5-3-2 he is because we'll, we'll be able to play Gibbs and Leardom, you know, in those wingback positions and have him as one of the, the central three. So that would be my answer for that formation. Now, if we're going back to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, then I think it's still you know, Nico LGP and then flanked by, by Gibbs and Leardom. But I think that Makunis really um, made a lot of, of improvements. I think that he is starting to understand this league and you see him get better game by game. You see him making key tackles. You make him, you see him making key interceptions. So, I mean, he's another young stud that if he continues to grow, he could be an, an, an absolute, absolute beast. Yeah. Keep in mind, he's only 21 years old. So he's still got a lot of room to grow and his ceiling is absolutely tremendously high. And, you know, Jay, to that point, I, I don't know if we can get out of this back five, you know, offering Leardom and Gibbs the flexibility to play forward is really bringing a different dynamic to this mm -hmm. offense. I agree. I really agree. And then really important as well is just having two up front to take pressure off, off Gonzalo. So, you know, in these games we're doing four, three, three or four, two, three, one, a lot of times they're kicking the ball up, here, up there to Gonzalo. No one's really up there with him. He's isolated and he's not really, you know, maybe in his youth, he would have been fast enough to, to make a break and, and get some space. But, you know, father time's undefeated. And so he's a little slower now. So to, to be able to have someone to play off up there is very, very key. But I will shout out Gonzalo, man of the match. Good for Gonzalo. Man of the match. Deserved it. He, uh, he was big time in that goal. Beautiful pass from Blaze for him to put in the back of the net to tie up the game. But, you know, it, it we couldn't go without recognizing the Bash Bros. The ba our boys, as, bro. As the Inner Miami podcast deems the absolute Bash Bros of Nico and LGP. <laughs> You're like joking. Like when like Nico got like tackled and was on the ground. I was like, oh, well, here comes like... Here comes LGP. He's gonna like come and slide and, and hook it up for his brother, bro. Don't don't mess with my boy. <laughs> oh my god, those two it's... five for each other. It, I, I love it. I love it. And yeah. and but they're they're getting better and they're getting more um, tactful with their tackles. Like Nico is is boxing out, shielding, but not dropping them enough to get a card. So when those two can go consecutive games and no cards, like holy smokes, man. I know, I was gonna say, I was gonna bring that up. Like zero yellow cards between the two of them. I don't know if they had yellow cards last week either. So who knows, they may be turning well, LGP their... was out for yellow card accumulation. Well, but... <laughs> hey, well, I, I <laughs> new week, new me, baby. <laughs> so, <facto. laughs> so technically, you're right. He didn't have one because he couldn't play. Oh my gosh, but yeah, they've been playing bang up and, and mm -hmm. that's a scary back line too. I mean, and who knows? You know, LGP has been playing in this league for quite some time, you know, mostly known for his time over at the Atlanta United, but Nico had not, you know, Argentinian player, maybe it's taken him longer than most to adjust to the, to the MLS play. <laughs> maybe we watch like an Argentina game on TV and they're just like decking everyone and like no fouls are called. Maybe it's a little bit softer of a league as far as like what the rest will call. We don't know, but Hey. Good job, guys. There's we're like, we're all, we're sad that we're not number one in yellow cards because it's fun to laugh about. But in all seriousness, I mean, you guys are really making the, the, the improvement. Everyone's making the improvements they need to do. God, I'm so happy. Yeah, you can tell. The team's just playing better, leveling up. It's awesome. And I mean, hey, how can we go this entire show without talking about Nick Marsman? You got to. You got to. I mean, what else needs to be said? You know, he, he is just a breath of fresh air to this club. He is someone that we can count on. He is consistent. And, you know, previously we had people like Luis Robles, right, in between goal. And then he shattered his arm and was out. And that's really when John stepped mm -hmm. in and took over that starting spot. And from the beginning of this season, you know, it's been a little bit of the biggest question marks left on this team is really what are you going to do at goal? Well, my friend, we no longer are asking ourselves that question, that question position is solidified that is Nick Marsman you touched on his threat that when he does get the ball how he opens up those passing lanes and really gets it out to the right people and starts starts the counterattack, and that's very important but the other part of this position is stopping 
balls. And for the oh, last, is that that's key? Is that that's, that's important for that, this role? That is somewhere inside of the job description of goalkeeper. In the last four games, he has allowed four goals, one goal per game in the last four matches. And dear, I remind you. These matches are against some high-scoring offenses, the Philadelphia Union, Montreal, Orlando City, and then Nashville. This is some good competition that we're playing. It'd be one, it'd be one if we were talking about it and it was against, you know, the the Vancouver's of the world and, you know, Toronto's and Chicago, which we do have coming up here. But this is against some top flight t- talent and he's doing it very well. That's that's Big Daddy Dutch right there, baby. Big Daddy D. Big Daddy <laughs> Dutch. Love it. Love it. You know what else I'm really happy to see is um and I really think this this is it, it occurred in the past, but much more significant after that six game losing streak is you are really seeing the team's commitment to La Familia and coming over, applauding them after the game, throwing jerseys out there. They I, I love that they've recognized like, hey, we've been doing all the fans and supporters a, a disservice and that's one of their the really key focus areas is to 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 show acknowledgement acknowledgement uh, appreciation stuff like that so you know it's just a whole bunch of feel good it is and you can see the videos posted on instagram by the actual club you know their their screen name and just kind of being inside of that moment and seeing the faces on the players after pulling out that win this is what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, right? At the beginning of the show, we talked about how big this game was, right? You know, on, on, a, on a chemistry standpoint, on a confidence standpoint, you have to pull out these games that are nail biters that really kind of judge your character as a person, as a team. And we pulled it out, and this is, you know, I, I don't know, Jay. I, I started this day by talking about playoffs, man, and, you, you know, we're, we're smelling some type of run right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, it smells know, good, man. It smells good because the sm- <laughs> <laughs> smell hasn't been that like good It smells like a recently. whole bunch of garlic sauce from Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to have oh, Chloe lick it man. off me. <laughs> oh, God, that is a disgusting thought. <laughs> Oh boy! Holy smokes! We're sorry, everybody, for that visual right <laughs> there. Derailed. Yeah, it did. Keep keep your car on the road. But anyway, you know we do have another game. It is coming up here. We have a week to celebrate, but also get back to work. Get back to work, team, because we have a match this coming Saturday, August fourteenth at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time against NYCFC in New. I'm sorry, Red Bull Arena. So. This game's going to be a tough one. This game, this, this team is not bad at all. They're third in the East with 28 points, eight wins, five losses, four ties. They are six in the Supporters' Shield. They are a very good club, and they have a pretty, pretty, pretty potent offense, if I may say so myself. They lead the league in key passes with 188. And Why don't you, why don't you explain to the listeners what key passes are, buddy? I'm, I'm glad you asked me that because I actually had it pulled up here. This is this is kind of ridiculous. This, I is, this myself, is the definition, but this is like the legal definition. Yeah, this isn't me just <laughs> talking shit on the mic. This is actually what happens when you type in on Google what are key passes in soccer. It says key passes is the final pass or pass come shot. <laughs> Leading to the recipient of the ball having an attempt at goal without scoring. Cum shot. Cum shot. Are we sure? Is that a cum shot? Like a cum laude? Is that? No, that's a past cum shot right there. And I get it. I get where they were going with that. Sick sick mind, though. City of Bang Bros. Whoever put that together is just a dirty individual right there. But (laughs) You know he was was chuckling as he was doing that. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get Well, he got us. I'm going to slide this in the rule book. I grabbed you when I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, you won't believe this. But anyway, those are key passes. And that's one of the metrics that MLS seems to hold oh so dear and tight to their cells because – it's like one of 12 that they put on their homepage in the stats section so of the MLS.com, which not to be confused by the real estate uh, website there. Whoever, that just sucks, man. The fact that the MLS and then the MLS soccer is the oh, yeah. same stuff. It's like, which way am I going? But uh, Just trying to get some stats. Next thing you know, you're buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> this all escalated so quickly. Yeah, pay your SEO guy. But anyway, they are, uh, like we said, they're third in the East. They're third also in the MLS in scoring with 32 total goals this year. For context, like I said, Inter-Miami is second to last. So literally polar opposites of clubs. They put up a lot of points. We do not. And they are first in the league with targeted scoring attempts with 111. 
don't have the, the the full body description of that one. Nobody has put that on the website yet, but uh, you know who knows? Maybe TBD. But back shots. Fun fact is, is that they're not only good on the offensive side of the ball; they have the least shots against in the MLS with fifty six. So that's that's an important one, right? This isn't a team that's just going to outscore you. They're also going to play some good defense. So you know, to give you an idea, they are. Uh, they're, they're, they're number one in the league in this, and they're they're beating people, teams like LAFC, you know, Seattle, the Colorado Rapids, teams like that. So, tough tough match coming up. Indeed. And the players to watch here are going to be Jesus Medina. He's got seven goals. Uh, Ismail Tsohori Shradi, seven goals. And might have a man crush on this dude, but Valentin Castellanos with six goals. Super swaggy. Love the hair. Kill it every game. Dude's a threat. But yes, very, very good team, both sides of the ball. This will be a, a true test of our medal. I think we can win this game, given the fact that we just beat the most defensive, I don't even know what I'm looking for, the most defensively minded and, and strongest defense in the league with Nashville. So we can do that. The problem, the, the tough part here is going to be not only scoring, but we're going to have to prevent these guys because they have pretty potent offenses. I watched like the, the game early in the season where they scored five goals and they were just ripping them from everywhere with like lethal accuracy, but we'll be a very, very good game. We have played them before. We have not beat them before. So, Hey, let's go out there. Let's get a win. Let's etch our name into the NYCFC. Uh, I don't know, stat book or whatever you want to call it. Let's go out and do it. Games on Saturday, eight o'clock. We're going to get rowdy. I think maybe we just turned up with DJ bullfrog. <laughs> Definitely down to turn up. Maybe like, yo, dude, like, all right, first off, we love everything you're doing here. We, we love your business. We love that you made yourself the resident DJ. We're all for it. Maybe get some bigger TVs and let's make this an inner Miami bar. I think you're on to something right there, man. I think you're on to something. Per perfect, actually. Because, you know like, that's from one DJ to another. I, like, I get it. Like, I'm no. DJ, DJ Kentucky's most wanted. Like, No, you're DJ Snowflake. Oh, DJ Snowflake today. All right. Good with, good with them both. All righty. Well, hey, after this game, this is officially the end of our rough, rough schedule in the middle of the year. After this, our schedule gets a bit easier. We take on Chicago, Toronto, Orlando, and then Cincinnati. So, you Can know, you hey, say playoffs. I listen, you know, you rack up three wins in those four games right there. And this is a different tale, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really starts with NYCFC, though. You know, I don't think that this is going to be a tied game. I think that this is going to be a high scoring game. As I do each and every week, I urge you to gamble as much <laughs> as you possibly can and take the over on this game. Take the over. Don't tell your wife. Just gamble away your savings. Put your mortgage on. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Bet the farm. Full send. Let's go. Uh, well, I'm going to do so, and I can't wait to do it. And, man, football is back in Miami. Football is back in Miami. What are we doing? Claps? You want air horns? I don't even know. It's all right, though. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. This has been the Inter Miami Podcast. I'm Jay Kington, alongside the ever-so-mr-talented talented mr papa george we are going off the rails here i need to turn this down a little bit thank you for checking us out uh social media instagram facebook at inter miami podcast on twitter it's inter mia podcast we even shouted out the website a long time there is a website i don't know go check it out have fun uh check us out man i'm having fun i'm losing my mind as we end every single episode and it feels so damn good this time Vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami.